Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. This meeting of the movie council is now in session. Hello, everybody. I'm Dan. AJ. <laughs> and Marky. And this is the Movie Council Podcast. We're coming back at you again this week. Uh, we're, we're a man down, as you can tell. But uh, but but we're here to, to do what we love to do and shoot the shit about movies, uh, get drunk, and offend people. It's kind of our thing. So uh, we're here again this week to do it. Uh, and uh, well, frankly, we don't really have much of a topic. We're just gonna just gonna kick back and uh, and shoot the breeze. So, boys, what is going on? How how is everyone doing tonight? Good, man. I'm fucking ready for uh, Friday. As you know, in your listener, we record on Friday nights. It's been a long week, and now we get to actually, or me at least, get to have some cold ones and just shoot the shit. Talk about mm-hmm. some movies. I've, I've got some news. I've seen some things. I want to talk about it. Some things I'm excited about. So even if we weren't going to be doing an episode tonight, I would be texting you guys and bugging you about this shit. Right? Yeah, we, we, we'd be talking movies either way. So figure might as well hit the record button and, uh, and go at it. So, Mark, Marky, Marky, you've seen some shit. <laughs> not I've seen in some the, shit, man. <laughs> yeah, not in the usual sense. Yeah, Nothing traumatic. I've seen some cool shit, man. I haven't watched any movies this week. I've been um, I've been sick for the majority of the week. Not COVID people, but, you know, well, according to the home tests that they send you for free here yeah. <laughs> that I got, uh, not. But, you know, otherwise, good. Haven't really watched any movies, but have been um, reading a lot of movie reviews. You'll find out why a little bit later, but I've been reading a lot of them. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of bad ones, actually. <laughs> oh yeah, Inten- I'm intentionally that. so. So, but I, I'm excited to chit chat about movies tonight. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the, the and let, let's just dive right in because there is like a lot going on in the movie world. So, uh, uh, what CinemaCon just happened? It's, when you're hearing this, it was uh last week was CinemaCon, which, uh. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm not 100 percent uh, sure, but I, but I believe what it is is uh, like the owners of uh, movie theaters and theater chains all have this convention where the movie studios present shit to them, so they can kind of you know plan what movies they're going to show at their theaters oh, and okay and the like. So. Uh, but one of the things that happened at CinemaCon, which gets me super excited to to hear about, was uh, the the first full screening of Top Gun Maverick. Okay. And apparently, this movie kicks ass. Huh. Like it, it, I paid huge, huge rave reviews from everyone that got to see it at CinemaCon, and uh, it, I. I'm now way, way more excited to see this movie. But um, get, how about, are you guys, 
I assume you guys are excited to see Top Gun Maverick, are you? You assumed wrong in my case. Oh, really? I've, Did you ever yeah. see Top Gun, by the way? You're, you're kind of young, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've seen it in its entirety. I mm-hmm. know some of the iconic scenes and lines. Right. Um, maybe I watched it through all the way through when I was really young, but uh, mm-hmm. the movie as a whole doesn't really stick out to me. I know yeah. it's like a a fan favorite and kind of a cool oh, yeah. movie and it put Tom Cruise on the map and people hold it in high regard. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's a little bit dated too, or it, maybe it's just easy to poke yeah. fun at some of the scenes, you know, the volleyball mm-hmm. scene and stuff, but yeah, <laughs> which really is just some of the most homoerotic shit ever put on film. Yeah. Just oiled up dudes wearing jeans <laughs> playing volleyball jeans, on the yeah. beach. <laughs> when did the first one come out? The original? God, I think it was uh, 86. Okay. I believe it was. So, yeah. I was just it, thinking, oof, was at yeah. the time when it was, when it started to become, how do I put this PC-ly? Um, Is, was it during the time when it was cool to be gay? You know, like when Bowie and uh, right. Mick Jagger rumors and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Queen. It, I don't know. If, it was kind uh, of the tail end of that. Yeah, but I don't feel like that's the angle they were going for there. No, mm-hmm. I, I, but again, you think about those movies in the eighties, you know, like, uh, like Predator and Commando, like all the close-ups sure. of the, you know, the biceps. Yeah, Command- and- Commando is really guilty of that. Yeah, or, maybe, or maybe Schwarzenegger yeah. and Predator is a little bit more. Not much, but it's a little bit more kind of uh, right. Yeah, uh, they only give you a little bit of that. Uh, just like, taste. hey, look at these sexy, glistening muscles. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. It's and then they the, move on to the predator, but right, it's more about the 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 creature or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so how many? So you said eighty six. Um, mm-hmm. So what is that? That's uh, twenty. That's almost uh, 30, 34 yeah. years. Yeah, Jesus Christ. So, um, thirty-six years. Yeah, yeah thirty-six now. But I, I started looking into it. Right, this it, there's some cool shit with this movie. Just the with the filming of it and everything. I was looking. So they did a lot of filming from inside of fighter jets. And that sounds cool. Yeah, because they're so small, um, you know, they couldn't send a cameraman up there. So, so they Tom had Cruise to teach... is flying these fucking jets. I'm yeah, sure. So they had like a you know Navy Air Force guy flying, and then one of the actors would be in the back, but they had to be the ones to like work the cameras and stuff. And so uh, they had to teach all the actors about you know basics of cinematography and lighting and shit like that. So that's funny. As they're up there acting, they're also doing the filming. I thought you were going to say they just it, it was easier. In this instance, just to teach Tom Cruise how to fly an F sixteen, he probably did that. Like he probably Jesus did, Christ. knowing him. Yeah, he learned how to fly a helicopter for the uh, the uh, most recent Mission Impossible movie to come out. Mm-hmm. Not the one that he's has finished right now, but the last one that premiered with uh, Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty sure that Tom Cruise learned how to fly a helicopter for that movie. Yeah. So, uh, actually, there is some uh, Mission Impossible news, but one last thing on Top Gun Maverick, which I think is insane. Another thing I I saw today about it. 
was apparently, uh, according to like the director, they filmed over 800 hours of footage. Wow. Like, how the fuck do you cut 800 hours down to two? Like, 800 hours is insane. Yeah. Like, I, granted, I know it, 80% of it is just like retakes of the same shit, but it, that's still a ton of fucking editing that's, to that's, do. That's crazy. That is. And that's a shit ton of hours, but I don't have a good baseline on what, like, for instance, for mm-hmm. what a any other movie about that theatrical length so, would be they they did let us know that uh it's about as much footage as all through all of the lord of the rings movies i was just thinking that combined. how much does lord of the rings have yeah <laughs> all Christ. three movies combined is about 800 hours so good lord yeah <laughs> so they did it for this one fucking movie which yeah yeah absolutely insane of course now in uh the digital age they're able to do that with uh, memory cards and shit. You know, back in the day, they used to actually have film reels to, I don't know if you guys knew this, but when they used to oh, make yeah. movies, they used to mm-hmm. uh, use an actual film. Right. not sure if you're aware. And they'd actually have to use like razor blades to yeah. cut. Uh, and that's why they call it cutting a movie because they actually had to slice the film and yeah. put it together. So, And th- that just would have been to think about 800 hours on an actual reel of film. Can you imagine that, how many fucking a, reels that is? That'd be like a room of reels. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That would be insane. So, but yeah. And, and I guess, uh, it, the way the movie, the, the showing went over, it was huge. And, cool. uh, like the, it, it's all done in like 800 K or whatever they're at sure. now. I don't know it's five K six K, whatever. Uh, all in IMAX, and apparently it's just visually amazing. So that's cool. I'm looking forward to this. I, I, you can't not love fucking Tom Cruise being ridiculous with over the top action movies. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a fan. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, for instance, the Mission Impossible movies, which fucking rule. Again, that yeah. that is one thing I do think I wouldn't mind doing at some point is, uh, what we're calling it mission pretty easy where we just review <laughs> to do like a deep dive on all the mission impossible movies but um so mission impossible seven's about to come out and uh they they revealed at CinemaCon this week that uh mission impossible seven's official title will be mission impossible dead reckoning part one yeah, I did see that. So, so mm-hmm. obviously, in first, that means that we're going to get be... two more. Yeah, we're going to have an right. eight. Yeah. Too, so I'm psyched. So, what? I guess they had 800 hours worth of tape on that one too. And they're like, you know what? It's <laughs> just two Let's movies. Let's make two movies. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. cool. Yeah, I, I did see that. I'm pretty excited about it because the I, you know, the Mission Impossible movies. There was a lag, in my opinion, in mm-hmm. the middle. The first one was awesome. The second one was pretty good, from what I remember. The third one really fell off. Mm-hmm. I don't even really remember four. I think yeah. five was like Ghost Protocol. That one was with Philip Seymour Hoffman, if I remember right. That one was decent. Yeah. And then six was with Henry Cavill as the bad guy. Yeah. And that one was awesome. Yeah. I think um, five and six were the two. Like five was the best yet. And then six was even better. So, right. Yeah. They, they definitely, five and six were fucking home runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm excited for this, this next yeah. one for sure. 
And that's the one that um, we got the famous Tom Cruise rant because it was being filmed during COVID. Yes, that's right. right. He went bonkers and somebody had the audio of him yelling Mm -hmm. at people to put their masks on. Yes, which was great. Although I I have heard like there are people claiming that that whole thing was staged. Sure. Which, come on. I mean, why? (laughs) Like, why? why? Do do you really think Tom Cruise cares that much to fucking stage that shit? He's fucking Tom Cruise. So, yeah, he doesn't need to stage anything. He's already. He does just fine. Exactly. I do know. I do know that he is very, uh, as kooky as he is, he is very invested in his film projects. So I, mm. it, it is believable to me for him to go off like that and be like, "Don't you? None of you no, motherfuckers, get us sick and postpone this movie. I've been goddamn working on." Yeah, right. <laughs> I can just see him getting pissed off. How about you, AJ? Are you into the Mission Impossible movies? Have you watched any of them or all of them? Where, where are you at on your Mission Impossible? I mean, I'm not into them, um, so to speak, but I've mm-hmm. seen the first couple. And uh-huh. and I have a desire to watch, continue watching them. I think uh, mm-hmm. I've heard that they just keep getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Which which is, say... which is Which is interesting because, you know, when when a series goes on for a long time, there's you know it's usually not the case. Yeah. There's usually mm-hmm. yeah, it's some fatigue and and it just you know the you know they can only iterate on it so much you know. But right. apparently they keep getting better. So yeah, I'm interested in kind of jumping back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with yeah, like definitely. a restarting, like watching one and two again, and then kind of moving mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, so I'm interested. Interested though, interested. Yeah. So actually, you know what? That's a good point then. So for for the listeners, which by the way, uh, you you can hit us up at at Movie Council Pod on uh, all the social medias, or you can send us an email to Movie Council Pod at gmail.com. And let us know if you if you'd love to hear uh, hear us do a a deep dive into the Mission Impossible movies. Said AJ, it would force AJ to watch it. So sure, that would make him happy. But uh, so yeah, if if you want to hear a mission, pretty easy, yeah. <laughs> where we, we review all the Mission Impossible movies, let us know. Yeah, send us an email or hit us up on the socials. As they call it, right? The socials. I think that's what the kids are calling it these days. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, well, I've got some. Uh, I've got some yeah. news uh, that I picked here. up. I think it came from. It, I'm guessing it came from that CinemaCon. Is that what they call it? CineCon? CinemaCon? Yeah, CinemaCon. Which I don't think I knew was a thing until now. Yeah, um, I honestly really didn't either. I remember hearing the name before, but I never really looked into what it was until. It kind of makes sense though, because I I was looking at uh, Reddit in the movies subreddit to see like you know that that subreddit always has like what's happening. And there was a lot of like new, new movies that are like slated to come out next year. I'm like, what is happening? And then I, I realized, Oh, it's a cinema con. So I think also at that thing, it's just places for studios to announce like, Hey, we've got a sequel. We've got, or we've got this uh, new movie with so-and-so or this spinoff coming up. So one thing I did see is that they are, they confirmed a spinoff of, uh, from the John Wick series starring Anna de Armas and it's going to be called Ballerina or at least that's the working title for right, for it right now. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, I thought so too because if anybody's seen John Wick, 
uh, especially mm. I think it's in the third one. Maybe it's in the second one too. But you see a scene. It's the third one where John Wick goes back to where he was trained, like mm-hmm. as where he grew up, I guess. And there's this room in the scene with like a bunch of ballerinas that are also being trained. There's like these boys that are wrestling and training to be like killers. And then there's like these girls that are trying to be ballerinas. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. So there's a spinoff starring Anna de Armas called Ballerina from the John Wick series. So don't know what it's going to be about, but if it's in that universe, I'm guessing it's going to be a lot of uh, gratuitous violence. So I'm mm-hmm. here for it. So, and, and uh, actually, they showed some John Wick four that, footage yes. too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I wrote that down. Um, John Wick four is slated to come out May 23rd of 2023, so just a little over a year from now. That movie's supposed to come out. Did, is that footage of the fourth one? Is that available? I tried finding it. Um, I don't Not know really, no. Yeah. But most of the stuff that they showed there at Cinecon, you can't find anywhere. I That's what I looking. figured. Because there's a, like a couple other, uh, it, I guess you could call them trailers, but apparently they didn't really show anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, Like a teaser announcement I, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, one of them being, uh, finally, Avatar 2. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, James Cameron showed, uh, I guess, like footage from Avatar 2, but it was mostly just kind of like sweeping shots of, you know, like the underwater city and stuff like that. They didn't really show anything from the movie, but I guess, uh, again, James Cameron going like all out with the crazy high-tech cameras and 3D shit and... I guess it looked beautiful, but they didn't really show much from it. I did see something also recently on that, that um, I think it was supposed to be three movies, like three new Avatar movies originally that James Cameron was going to do. But I saw something not too long ago that said it's going to be five now. So I think they oh, wow. they split one of those. And uh, uh, going a little bit further into that, um, I don't know if it's just speculation, but I saw, I, I guess it's Disney that owns whatever studio that avatar is under yes yeah um and uh, it may just be speculation but somebody was saying that uh even though they're i think they're filming all these avatar movies at once kind of how they did with like you know lord of the rings and some of these others Mm -hmm. um they're going to release these avatars every other year with a star wars movie being in between those like star wars avatar star wars avatar like that's just what we're going to get for the next eight years or whatever Mm-hmm. but so. pretty crazy you know that's one thing i gotta say with avatar too like it's one of those movies that was like the biggest movie ever but like it, you never really hear anyone talk about it it's no one's favorite movie i thought but it was really everybody yeah yeah it was good but like do you know anyone that's like oh avatar is my favorite movie no but at the time yeah. it made like the most money in the box mm-hmm. office by a long shot and, and actually held that record for a long time. And then when they re-released it, yeah, it, it, got it, back like on top. Won, it won itself again. Like it's crazy mm-hmm. how much money that movie's made yeah. and the amount of time that's been in between these, the original and the sequel. Um, and I heard that James Cameron shelved the project because he was waiting for 
the camera technology or something right to, to catch to up to a, what he wanted to do <laughs> exactly yes, it was fucking bonkers yeah yeah so um which by the way i had an idea for uh like a segment sort of uh kind of like oh my god he was in that type segment mm-hmm. and it was totally my idea i came up with it myself tim did not it was not tw's it was my idea okay. uh called hey whatever happened to that guy Oh <laughs> yeah, and I gotta say, for the first one I thought of is Sam Worthington, right? The, the star of Avatar. What the fuck happened to him after he was Avatar? in that? After Avatar, he was in Terminator: Dark Fate, and then he was in yeah. that movie, Man on a Ledge, and I don't remember if he was in anything else. Yeah, it, it, he seemed to just—he looked like he was going to be the biggest star in the world. Yeah, and then he was gone. So. I think it was start. He was in one of the Terminators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he uh, you're right. There wasn't a whole. Oh, and he was in. Uh, there was uh, those Titans movies that he was in. I don't know if you remember that. It was like a, oh yeah, a Greek... Clash of the Titans and right. uh, uh, what, uh, Wrath of the Titans. I think it was. Yeah, like those were yeah. pretty big budgets. So he did those. Mm-hmm. But uh, and to to tap onto that uh that game dp whatever mm-hmm. happened to that guy i kind of thought the same thing uh, about um oh fuck i just lost um i remembered his name and i lost it. it's at the tip of my tongue <laughs> he was in john carpenter of mars um oh yeah oh god what the fuck's his name kellen lutz or something like that Is no that him? um he was okay. also in that movie uh, it's like a Sicario type of movie mm-hmm. with Benicio del Toro. Damn, I can't remember his name now. But he he was another one of those. Taylor that Kitsch. That's it. Taylor yes. Kitsch. Taylor Kitsch. He yeah, he really was supposed to be the next thing. And I then, think Hollywood tried hmm. too hard to make him the next thing, and all the movies that he was in were just these. Oh, and he was in Battleships. Battleship oh, with yeah. that. So he was in these movies that ended up being big flops. Um, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that's what happened to him. And he's been in smaller things here and there, and he's not a bad actor. I don't oh, think it was, was any fault of his own. Uh, that was uh, Tim Riggins from Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that show. Anywho, <laughs> um, so actually, you know, what, what, one more thing uh, from CinemaCon that uh, I found interesting because I had no idea at all it was coming. But apparently, I guess it's actually already in production and they got no idea like who is in the cast or anything. It's all a big mystery. But there's going to be a Hunger Games prequel oh. called uh, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. But I guess it takes, take, takes place, uh, you know, I guess pre-Katniss, I, you know. But, uh, yeah, again, they, they don't know much about it. And, like, the trailer they showed really showed nothing, but just kind yeah. of sweeping shots of, like, this beautiful terrain and then some text on the screen about, you know, Everyone's either going to be a songbird or a snake or blah, blah, blah. But basically showed nothing other than, hey, this movie's coming out. So, huh. As I'm guessing you've seen that, that series. I've, I've never seen it before. I've it, heard it's, it's good. It, it is good. It, it was one of those ones that 
I wasn't like super interested in seeing it. Like I, you know, wasn't into the books or anything like that. But uh, but Aiden was into it, so I watched yeah. it with Aiden, and it turned out to be pretty fucking badass. So I, yeah, I heard I they were pretty good. It. Yeah, yeah, they they're definitely worth worth watching. AJ, are you a, a Hunger Games fan? Did you have you seen any of them or? I've seen them. I, I guess I wouldn't call myself a fan, but yeah. So I, it's not fun. something that I would go running out to see. But um, the prequel, but, but I don't know what they're basing it on because, I mean, I didn't read. I read the first book and was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess this is okay, but I'm not going to read the rest. So I don't right. know where they're drawing the inspiration for the prequel from. I don't know where it comes from, but right, you know. Good, for, good on them. I don't know. <laughs> That's something I really would want to see, though. You know, yeah. I, I watched. I did watch the films. Um, big Jennifer Lawrence fan, so yeah, she she's pretty fucking awesome. So yeah, I uh, yeah, I'll watch anything with her in it. Um, and, and actually, I'm sorry, I did say that would be the last thing from CinemaCon, but this this isn't really movie news so much as like. Holy shit news. So I guess uh, during a panel that she was doing, Olivia Wilde was there and she was talking, I guess, about a movie she's directing, like the next movie that she directed that's coming out. And she's on, you know, this panel talking and all of a sudden somebody walks up to her, uh, like kind of from behind, from like the backstage-ish area and hands her a manila envelope mm-hmm. and she's you know you can hear her go oh is this this is for me and then she like opens looks in it and puts it down and just goes back to the uh the presentation about the movie and then you find out afterwards what that was it turns out it was a like a, a process server fucking serving her papers for right. court from fucking jason sudeikis her husband like over custody for the kids so she got served papers at in the middle of a fucking panel at cinema crazy i I didn't realize they were they broke up yeah i guess they broke up like about a year ago or so i I didn't realize they broke up either until Mm -hmm. i heard that story i'm like oh shit yeah That's a ballsy move, right? I would. Sudeikis claims he has no idea. Like he didn't know oh, that shit. that's when they were going to serve her. But I mean, hmm. <laughs> it's not. It's I not a good look. Yeah, yeah. He seems so. like a, a a real life cunt. I could see him doing that. Mm. Yeah, you I know, a lot a lot of right. times, uh, people that get kind of typecasted, I feel like they are that person in real life. Mm-hmm. Like Alec Baldwin plays an alcoholic, right? <laughs> a lot of times, Mel Gibson plays a crazy person, <laughs> right? So, right, because they can just fall right into it, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. literally. So, so yeah. yeah, but uh, so yeah, I mean that's pretty much everything I got from CinemaCon. Like I said, it's uh, a lot of shit. You got your first look at uh, Margot Robbie as Barbie. <laughs> yeah what's that about i don't know i guess they're doing a a barbie movie that yeah i think a re- that's a funny thing about this movie is it was supposed to be like the story of barbie being kicked out of barbie world and uh originally it was uh what's her name 
the comedian Amy. Uh, Amy Schumer. Schumer, Yes. It it was supposed to be Amy Schumer playing Barbie. And Mm. that's why she's getting kicked out, you know, because she's not skinny and perfect. And somehow Amy Schumer was no longer Barbie and suddenly it was Margot Robbie. So that whole story doesn't make sense anymore. So I'm not sure what the fuck they're doing with this Barbie movie. But yeah, we got our first look at Margot Robbie as Barbie. I, I do have uh, a couple other pieces of movie news. Um, yeah, bring them. I'll, first, the, the sad piece. I'm sure you guys have heard by now. It's nothing that new, but we haven't discussed it on the podcast, I don't think. But uh, Bruce Willis announced that he's retiring from acting. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, we did not talk about this. He's, uh, he has aphasia, which, mm-hmm. after looking it up, not knowing what it was, is a language disorder and affects uh your communication so it literally it's like a brain disorder i think and it heavily disables your communication so it affects the way he talks so being an actor that's his bread and butter he's not able to do anymore and i guess it's gotten bad enough now that he's he's announced his retirement from acting right i and and it's funny because i i think at some point even on i don't know if it's on the podcast or afterwards like we had mentioned how uh, Bruce Willis seems to be just doing like any fucking movie co- mm-hmm. thrown his way over these past few years. And that's because that's exactly what he was doing. He right. was taking anything that would pay him just to like stack up as much money as he could. Cause he knew it was coming so to time an end running soon. Out. So I'm, that makes sense. That's sad. It yeah. makes sense. I was always wondering that like, what happened to you, Bruce Willie? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing all these B movies? Right. Yeah. No, but, but then you find out. And, and I guess from what I understand, like aphasia is like your brain tells your mouth to like say a certain word, but a different word comes out basically. Huh. So like you, you think you're saying one thing, but the words coming out of your mouth are not what your brain is telling your mouth to say from yeah. what I understand, which is just that's just going to be the fucking worst. Yeah, it sounds like it would drive you insane. Right. Oh, well, so. the other piece of movie news, um, not as depressing and ex- exciting for a person like me, as you guys know, uh, I've gone on the record saying that 28 Days Later is my favorite movie. And mm-hmm. Alex Garland was the writer of that movie. He's since gone on to make write and direct Ex Machina and mm-hmm. Annihilation. And he's got a new movie coming out later this month. I had no idea. He's got a new movie coming out. It's called Men, and it's starring Jesse Buckley and Rory Kinnear. It looks fucking creepy, and I can't even. I, I watched the trailer just a little bit ago. I can't even describe it, but f- what I saw, um, it's something about this woman that goes into like an English countryside after a traumatic event to try and heal personally, and shit just goes off the rails things get more traumatic and it's like a psychological thriller. It it's super weird. I don't know if you guys remember uh, Rory Kinnear. He's an English actor. He was in, um, he was in like some re- recent James Bond movies. Uh, he was in an episode of black mirror. Um, he was in the recent show. Our flag means death on HBO. Oh, I haven't um, watched that yet. 
he's if you saw his face you'd know him he's one of those like he's one of the handfuls right. of english actors you know how they recycle their guys right <laughs> um but he plays every as, as far as i could tell from the trailer he plays every male character in the movie it looks super oh, really? fucking it looks so weird yeah it's written and directed by alex garland and i think it was maybe not CinemaCon, but something recently alex garland was talking about how he was bored with movies lately and how he felt that they follow the same tropes and storylines and you just know what's coming next. So he went out mm-hmm. of his way to make this one make something different. weird and keep you guessing as much as possible. Yeah. It's described as a horror drama rated R coming out later this month. It's just called men. That should be a good I'm, one. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah. So, uh, AJ, do you, so, uh, I guess we'll slow. This this was AJ came up with an idea earlier this week that sounded super fun. So you you want to jump into that, AJ? You want to let everyone know uh, your yeah. idea, and then we'll get get going on that. Sure. So I thought like so we're kind of free form tonight. Um, we were just I don't know, kind of riffing around and just having some fun. That you know we talked about doing like trivia or whatever, but like, I thought maybe we could have some fun and like, um, I came up with this idea to let's read some movie reviews. Like I could read a movie review to you guys, like a bad movie review or a review that someone hated this movie, but it's widely loved. And I wanted to see if I could read an excerpt of the review to you guys and have you guess what movie it is so the so the ones that i picked are movies i know well four of the five that we can't get we don't have to do all of them Mm -hmm. and i know uh dp you've come up with a a few yourself um that marky and i can guess so at least you know i can get in on the fun of guessing too Mm um um Four of the five I know are movies that both of you love. One okay. of them I know I know one of you li- likes the movie. The other one I'm not sure, right. um, because we haven't talked about that particular film in depth on the show at all. We, although we should at some point, but they're all like movie. It, it's it's not I wouldn't call it low hanging fruit, but they're all like widely known movies, widely popular movies. Mm. You know, I thought if we ever re- revisited this segment, you know, we could dive deeper into other, other films and get a little more, you know, um, it, you know, granular, whatever. But this one, these ones are ones that, you know, geez, we've talked about in the podcast a bunch of times. Everybody loves them. Not everybody, but they're really highly acclaimed either won Oscars or, or just like, you know, kicked ass, you know, right. audience favorites. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah besides yeah. this guy that you found. Besides <laughs> yeah. these, this guy. Yeah. So what I'm tr- what I'm trying to do as I read them is not give away what film it is by saying mm-hmm. like the director's name, the actors' names, yeah. but giving you enough information from the excerpt for you to at least give, you know, a good guess. So okay, what do you say? What do you say? Should right. we try one? Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, so I'm excited to it. I, I know. Okay. I am too. Okay. Okay. So here's the one, here's the review I'm going to read. Okay, here we go. 
With a running time of 170 minutes, this film is structured like war itself, long periods of boredom between moments of the most horrifying excitement. The film has the look and the feel of greatness, but something is missing. The star of the film, the role is underwritten, and so is everyone else's. Despite some talented actors, the GIs remain character types rather than characters, a Jew, an Italian, a pencil pusher, a wisecracking New Yorker, a Bible-quoting Southerner. War may be a lifeless war may be a lifeless affair, but war movies should not be. Marky. How could somebody speak that badly about saving private Ryan? Hey, <laughs> I was actually gonna guess it when you said a, a war movie that ran 170 minutes that had bored uh, some right, boring like, scenes. Oh, like, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. But seriously, how could you not like that movie? Yeah. That's what a masterpiece. What the fuck is wrong with people? No, I know you guys both love that. I, I I enjoy Saving Private Ryan quite a bit. Yeah. I know you guys love that movie. I do. Yeah, big time. Yeah. So, so I wanted to. I wanted to rile you up a little bit, but give you like oh. that excerpt. Right? <laughs> That's funny. So, what do you say about Tom Hanks that the character was underwritten? That's yeah. bullshit. So, and, so and I'll, 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 I'll read the unedited. Get the fuck out of here. So the, fil- the film is the look and the feel of greatness, but something is missing. Hank's role is underwritten, and so is everyone else's. Despite some talented actors, including Edward Burns, Tom Sizemore, Jeremy Davies, the GIs remain character types, etc. Mm-hmm. That's dude. That's just laughable. Yeah, come on. Those are those even so that it is a big cast. They did stretch it out quite a bit, um, but each each character has just enough of a backstory for you to get invested in them. Okay, the right. guy's got a really strange name. Hillel Atali from the Associated Press wrote this review on July 22nd, 1998. Okay? Huh. In case you want to go after this person. Yeah. <laughs> what do you call those people uh, that's just like a, a contrarian? He's, he mm-hmm. sounds like him and TW would get along. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you think that's the case, you're going to love one of my other ones that I pulled up. <laughs> So I, I don't know. What, what do you think? I mean, if I don't feel like it was a giveaway, but you know, no, that was that no, was, was. It, a it took a while before. Yeah, I I I, I was yeah. pretty sure it was Saving Private Ryan by the end, but it, it did take a little while. So when you said Jewish person, another. This was good. I liked it. You said a Jewish person, an Italian, and a pencil pusher, and a person from New York. I was in my head. I was just seeing all the characters and Saving right. Private Ryan. I yeah. knew it was that. Yeah. So, okay. I, I like it. Here's the, here's, here's the next one. This one you're probably going to get for. I, maybe I'll leave off the last little part so you don't. Okay, here we go. A catch 22. This film demands, in a mean, raspy voice, to be taken more seriously than your average comic book movie. But when, it, well, when one endeavors to do just that, to analyze its loud, loudly explicated themes of duality and ethical impasse, to parse the implications of having its villain be referred to and self-identify as a terrorist, to consider the use of invasive surveillance technology as a post-patriotic act plot point, one is reprimanded reprimanded for bullying a defenseless pop object. That's going to be the Dark Knight. Yeah. That's going to be the Dark Knight. Yeah. That was, was going to be my best. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Fucking seriously? Again, You didn't like that movie. And the, you make a living reviewing movies, and you didn't like that. 
the fuck out of here. Come on. You guys are nailing. I can't believe you guys are nailing these. I mean, like, yes, it gives enough away to yeah. Adam. Adam Naiman wrote this mm-hmm. um, from ReverseShot.org. He's a top <laughs> critic. He's a top okay. critic on Rotten Tomato. I mean, to be fair. Okay. He's a top critic on Rotten Tomato, so he's got that that qual. He's got that qualification, I guess. Um, but yeah, he did not like this film what at all. A cunt. Crazy, <laughs> absurd. Did you guys like this? You want to? Yeah, wanna yeah, I, do. I really do. Let's keep going. Yeah, this is yeah. Great. Let's keep going. All right, let's keep going. All right, so let me get rid of that one. I got them all open on my uh, on my uh, Safari here. Okay. I, I like this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay. No, not let's not do that. Let's do this one. This one I had a hard time like finding the right review because there were a few of them that were kind of mm-hmm. crapping on it. Um, here we go. If here we go. If I were asked to extract a political position from the movie, I'd be baffled. It is neither for nor against the war on terrorism, just dedicated to ridiculing those who wage it and those who oppose it. The White House gets a free pass since the movie seems to think um, that it makes its own policies without political direction. I wasn't offended by the movie's content so much by as by its nihilism. At a time when the world is in crisis and the country faces an important election, the response of the creators of the film is to sneer at both sides. Indeed, at anyone who takes the current world situation seriously. They may be right that some of us are puppets, but they're wrong that all of us are fools and dead wrong that it doesn't matter. Got to guess. I don't, I don't feel very sure about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I got two guesses. Mark, you want to go first? Uh, Vice is my guess. The movie okay. Vice, Christian Bale, I'm guessing. Oh, AJ's just being blank. My nope. guess, just because... Well, at first I was thinking it was Don't Look Up. But then you have the line about puppets. And I'm thinking maybe it's Team America World Police. It's Team oh, America World Police. <laughs> nice. That's hilarious. <laughs> that, that that one line of we may all be puppets. I was like, wait a minute, maybe that's Team I had America. to throw that in because I had to throw that in because it was a little it was that's a little hilarious. Yeah. I, I would have never I would have never guessed that because that review seemed like it was talking about like a such a like serious it was a movie. serious political statement. I know, I know. That was Roger. <laughs> that was that was Roger Ebert that wrote that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm gonna say that yeah. Roger Ebert is get out of the street, you fucking bum. Yeah, for real. Lisa. <laughs> I have I do have two more. I'd right, love to hear them. I know, I know you going. guys yeah. are enjoying this. Yeah, this yeah. is fun. So, <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. So, some of this, you know, I'm going to, all right, here we go. I'm just going to read it. All right. The film is an environmental, environmental cautionary tale, as well as a story of budding love. And for its first half hour or so, it's possibly the most melancholy cartoon ever made. Even the color palette of this early section, a mosaic of brownish grays brushed with dusty sunlight. I got it. Speaks of loneliness and of desperate cheerfulness in the face of a blank future. In the second half, the film becomes less lyrical and more satirical. Although even then, its bite is surprisingly sharp. 
But by the end, the film has turned into something else again. A picture that's so adamant about ending on a feel-good note, or at least a feel-okay note, that it betrays the sad, subtle beauty of those early scenes. It must be that the director didn't want to make too much of a downer. Can't be sending all those tops home with the blues, can we? But the picture feels weirdly and disappointingly disjointed. Something that starts out as poetry and ends as a product. Interesting. Marky. I'm pretty oh. certain I know what that is. And if uh, TW had a better way with words, I think you may have described the movie <laughs> Wally like this. Yes, <laughs> it's Wally. Very good. Wow. So I, I wouldn't have got that one, but yeah, all right. But now that you say it, now it all fucking fits. So. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, said, Once you realize I, I what it is. In, yeah, I clued in when he said uh, cartoon, which it was in a way. And then he mm-hmm. said uh, the brown gray palette, which is which is the first 30 minutes. It's Early the, on. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So that was uh, Salon.com. That was Stephanie Zacharek wrote that mm-hmm. review. And I got one more. Pick. All right. I got one more. All right. Okay, so the movie is predicated on disgust and aggression to make its point dramatically. Form and content merge very uncomfortably. The director un- director's uncritical, uncritical examination of violence and its repercussions becomes itself a celebration, an aesthetic and ideology that turns increasingly, increasingly sadistic and cruel. Even worse, the portrait that emerges isn't necessarily illustrated but art-directed the corroded living conditions of the house, for instance, in precisely the kind of manner the director criticizes in the film. As the story breaks down, the alternative social structure the director envisions seems unusually shallow and incomplete. Hmm. It's it's a little more obtuse than my other... uh... I've got a long shot. I don't think I'm correct. Me too. I've got my long shot. Uh, You want to go first, DP? Yeah, I'll give uh, my my uh, American History X. No, but no, okay. No, but keep 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 thinking. All right. Okay, so I feel like I'm pretty far off the mark. I was going to say The Shining. No, no. Maybe I can read. I can read a little bit more. Okay. The movie, sure. is, the movie is physically a very handsome production, but is it is coercive, coercive and unrelenting. The cinematography is probably the darkest ever perpetuated on a major Hollywood film. With an absence of natural light, the movie unfolds in a succession of subterranean interiors and blacklit exteriors that become as suffocating as the movie. This movie tells you exactly what to think and say while offering almost nothing of substance or insight. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, would that, uh, would that be no? I was hmm. It's like a dark subterranean. Yeah, I, uh, in the uh, first review you were talking about was saying something about um like unrelenting violence or something. Alien. Yeah, that's the only one I can think of. It's like dark, but this is. Let, let me let dark. me read the op- oh. let me read the opening paragraph of the review. All right. Let me read the opening paragraph. Okay. So this director's fourth feature is impeccably made, but constitutes a deeply fascist art. Nihilistic and uncompromising, the movie is fascinating, though hypocritical, 
a brazen denunciation of billboard culture that itself utilizes glamorous stars and new technology in making possible its realization. Unmistakably a work of its time, of the culture, of Hollywood, the movie demands a certain attention and is not easily dismissed, but there's something deeply unsettling about a work that uncritically espouses brutality as a function of alienation and nonconformity. Hmm. I'm still at a loss. That's uh well, I first of fight all, club? Yes. Fight oh, club. Nice. All right. <laughs> nice. All that's right. that's a. I can see it now, but still, that mm-hmm. is a pretty. You know, I feel like sometimes. I was. These, that was the one that was. I was that's why. Right. I, that's why I waited till last because that right. was the one that I was like. Right. I couldn't find a review that sort of like encapsulated. Because it's a movie that's hard to describe sometimes. You know. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know what? I have a problem though with that review, is the language and the the just the words that he chose to use like that motherfucker had a a a thoris open when he was doing that yeah he was he was looking for synonyms of words that he wanted to use because just to sound smarter marky that's the one film i wasn't sure your thoughts on or your feelings on oh yeah i'm a big fan of that movie yeah that's why i was saying like all the other ones i knew you guys both loved yeah that one i I knew dp enjoyed likes fight club i didn't know your thoughts Right. And I, I agree. I can see it now with what that uh, writer was saying in that review. But still, mm. like, why would you choose to use language like that? And just like those words, like you're just trying to sound smart, man. Like, you know what? I, I, I think not- I think I think the, here's what I think. All right. Because I think he was probably the movie. The movie was too much for him. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. and it was too mm-hmm. it was too it was too heady for him. Right. Yeah. You know, and and he had to combat that by trying to over ex like he had to use too much exposition, like in his review, or too much yeah flowery language to try to explain it because or I don't he, know. It he, was, he it, even it, say, it, it, was, it was like his his own like ineptitude or something. I don't know. Yeah, he does say in the movie that it uh it tells you what to think. Yes. And maybe yes. Maybe he was thinking too deeply into the movie, like. You don't have to. The movie does make you think in a little bit, but it, it guides you. It it's not one that's like a a real big head scratcher. It it kind of leads no, you along no. the way of what the goal is of that plot, and maybe that asshole was just looking into it too deeply and thought it should have been using bigger words like him. Right. <laughs> yeah, the the film was certainly polarizing when it came out. Um, and it didn't do well in the box office. I know that. Um, I remember an old friend of mine and I saw it in like uh, Harvard Square one day. And uh, during the day, we just like, you know, we weren't working during the day, whatever day. I don't know what the fuck we were doing. We were young. And uh, yeah, the uh, people were walking out of the theater in that in that sometime in that that particular day a couple some people walked out of the theater and i was like they just couldn't they couldn't get it you know they just couldn't get into it yeah they were disgusted by it or whatever i don't know why i mean it's like i do agree with that uh that critic i mean it's i feel like it's pretty straightforward i mean the movie lays itself out the final scene it does yeah 
All right. Well, those are my five. Those are the reviews. Like, I think that's a, a segment maybe worth revisiting. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I yeah, and I know you got. I, I know you got a few DP, but yeah, I, I got. I, I just I've got two, two, okay. uh, and one of them. Uh, I should be pretty quick, pretty easy. I I actually got a couple different reviews, but I'll go with this one, and I'm I'm guessing you guys will get it just from these two sentences. All right. So uh, here we go. The characters are less credible than their plastic counterparts. The puerile humor is dispiriting, and the plotting pulled this way and that by the conceit of releasing the film in the U.S. with a trio of alternate endings. Clue? Yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> that is shitting all over Clue, which Ooh. come which surprisingly enough, you know, Clue is only at like Sixty-three percent, I think. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Hundred percent in your house. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent you know, in everyone's house. That line about the plastic characters threw me off. My, my yeah. mind went to Toy that Story. That threw me off. That threw me off too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was thinking Toy Story. Yeah, but there's a guy mm -hmm. like it's not the least bit scary or suspenseful, but instead quickly grows tedious. The more you struggle to keep track of the constantly multiplying plot developments. The harder it gets to care who did it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, just is, that, is that is that is that really the point? <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, come on, buddy. So all right. And who and, wrote uh, that? Who said that? Oh who said okay. that? <laughs> so uh, that one was uh Kevin Thomas of the Los Angeles Times. Oh, he's a very well known critic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Did you recognize that name? <laughs> yeah, from Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Hilarious. And the first one with the characters are less credible than their plus counterparts was Trevor Johnston from Time Out. Oh, I love his work. No, oh, yeah. And Thomas as good as Gary Johnston's. <laughs> yeah. That's Gary. <laughs> All right, uh, I got but one. I more. like this. I like this. All right. Yeah, this one. Uh, I don't know how you don't love this movie, but uh, blah blah. We'll get to this paragraph. Uh, the story is completely predictable, with the pleasures of the film to be found in the development of the characters and the feelings that we are learning about a world within a world. Uh, I can't say that part. I'll give it away. So uh, we see the hardships the family endures and admire their courage and good humor. Although there is a vague attempt at suspense, we know that the character will eventually go to college and strike out on her own, as young people do in 99% of American coming-of-age movies. If the Coens had been directing, she might have been washed off the fishing boat and eaten by a shark while her parents never heard the screams. But this director stays true to the feel-good route. I've never, right. I haven't seen this movie yet, but is that Coda? Yes, that is Coda. I, I'm shitting all over Coda. I haven't it's even too seen the movie good? yet. Fuck you. I got it right. I haven't even seen it wow. yet. Wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> been washed off the boat yeah good, good on you marky <laughs> that's what, the only reason i got it is because uh I, I i felt she was from a fishing town yes and yeah. um i knew she was about that age mm -hmm. so but the, the one sentence i left out was we're learning about a world within a world 
namely that of the deaf. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, would have kind of get yeah, in But again, yeah. this motherfucker, how? What's his name? Uh, I, this, this is my favorite one. part of this. Who said that? <laughs> yeah, who said that? <laughs> All right, this is, uh, let me find his name. Oh, my God, he's hiding his name. He doesn't have a name. Uh, let me yeah. find him. All right, here we go. His name is John McDonald of the Sounds Australian good. Financial Review. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, him. What? <laughs> yeah, like, him. You got to dive deep to find a shitty review on Coda. Let's be yeah. honest. That movie is fucking amazing. So you, you got to go to the Australian Financial Review. That's hilarious. Sean McDonald. <laughs> Some backwater town financial paper. So I think we can all agree, like this this could be fun to do again at some right? point. Like yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. The, 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 this is something we're coming I could go back all night to. doing these. Right. I yeah, like I'm... the um, you know, I just like the trivia not trivia, um, but just you know, these the the the, the game aspect of right? it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, we yeah, we get TW on here and have like, you know, the three of you guessing and we have like a little buzzer or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once I, you know, if I get through a point where, you know, one of us, whoever's reading gets to the point where, you know, the person guesses it, you can buzz in. Right. And then we stop there. We stop right at that point. If you're wrong, then I keep reading. And the other, that person who guessed is out. They can't guess again or whatever. Like, you just yeah, make like some fun rules like that. Yeah. 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 Somehow we got to figure out a way to do a buzzer on here. Um, mm. Yes. Yes. DP. Or I guess like whoever raises uh, their hand first. Yeah. It might just be got, easy to there, do right? there's there might be a, a way to do a, it through the software. So I'll yeah, there is there there is a there is a buzzer thing. I've seen some like YouTube videos doing like you can like raise a, your hand and like a, doing like a mm-hmm. Jeopardy style um, contest where they were buzzing in. So, so there must I'll be like some sort of app or website or something where they you can buzz in. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, we we do. I know Marky's got some trivia, but before we get into that, so like uh, a couple weeks ago, we were gonna do like a uh, a pick a movie week, but we never ended up doing it. However, I'm pretty sure both of you two watched the movie Colossal. Yeah. Real quick, before we get into anything else, I want to hear your thoughts on that because I fucking loved that movie. It was one of those, you know, on the radar pick of the weeks. Right, but I thought it was fucking super fun. What did what did you guys think of that movie? It was Anne Hathaway, Jason Sudeikis, and it was like uh, this crazy weird shit where Anne Hathaway she goes back to like her hometown, and like it turns out when she walks into this little park near her mm-hmm. house, a giant fucking monster creature starts walking through the like where is it Tokyo. South Korea, uh, somewhere Seoul. Seoul, South Korea. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and like you know, Godzilla like just crushing buildings and shit. But it just it turns out it was her the whole time. And right. It. I, I thought it was super fun. What did you guys think of this movie? I got. I got to know. I'd I'd like to go first because I have been waiting to talk about this movie. And right, cool. uh, when when you mentioned uh, Jason Sudeikis urban papers earlier, and I made the, the quip about uh, how mm-hmm. I feel like he's a, an asshole in real life because he yeah. plays these dicks in movies. Oh, he was, I was such an asshole. I was thinking about Colossal, but that's not the only one. Um, mm-hmm. He he is really good. 
in that role as the person that's kind of like, cause he's got a good smile. He's got that kind of classic white guy, handsome face, mm-hmm. but he's, he is funny. He, like he is a comedian at his core and he's also just like a dick. So he, right. he does this great thing in this movie and I've seen him do it in some others where he kind of throws you for a loop where he comes off as being this nice guy next door and then underneath ends up being just a real piece of shit. Um, and maybe more so in this movie than any others, I felt like that character really came out and it was kind of scary because uh, he was super helpful. Like he was Anne Hathaway's childhood friend. He's like, Hey, what are you doing? You're back in town. Let's go hang out. And he's like, you know, helping her out, helping her move back in, getting her uh, set up at home, you know, TV couch and that kind of thing. And uh, he owns the local bar. He gets her a job there. And then slowly and then quickly turns into this monster of a person mm-hmm. to where like you as a viewer are scared of him. So, you know, when he shows up, you're like, oh, shit, here comes this fucking wrecking ball again. <laughs> um, I will say, too, before uh, we hear what AJ's thoughts were, but I, um, I went in, into this movie totally blind, not mm-hmm. knowing... I didn't read, I didn't read the plot. I didn't look to see who was in it. I just saw the name and confirmed with one of you guys, the year that it came out. Yeah. And I was like, all right, that's the right one and clicked play. And I was like, holy shit. And Hathaway's in this. Like right. I thought this was going to be like a B movie or something just by like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know why, but I, I didn't. Yeah, you know, just the fact you never heard about it. Like I had never yeah. heard about it until two years after it came out. So Right. Yeah. I didn't expect to see her. So that was like the first surprise. And then Jason Sudeikis, I'm like, oh, he's fun. You know, and like he was, you know, funny right off the bat, which is part of his mm-hmm. shtick. Um, and then this monster thing shows up and I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and I, I watched, I started to watch it in a hotel uh, kind of late and I had to get up early for work the next day. And uh, I got home I was back home, I think the next day, and I told Sam, I was like, I gotta, I gotta put this movie, I gotta finish this movie. I gotta see what happens. I was all in at that point. So yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. That is a hidden gem under the under the weather pick of the week. I really like it. <laughs> under the weather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> AJ, what what were your thoughts on it? So First and foremost, two things. One, I don't like Anne Hathaway. I don't like Jason Stakus at all. I just don't. <laughs> wow, like really? As actors, I just I'm not a fan. They're very right. underwhelming. They're very underwhelming to me. Mm-hmm. But I num- point number two, I enjoy unique uh, um, conceits or whatever, like concept, whatever. Right. Stories, like yeah. like this, yeah. Like I like. I like things that are sort of like off the beaten path that are, and to your point, Marky, I'd never like even known this existed, mm-hmm. you know? And then I saw it on Hulu at one point. I was like, Oh, I guess this looks kind of interesting. I don't like these two actors, but I'll just, the, 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 the concept looks interesting. Right. Right. Um, and I guess like as an overall thing, I thought it was executed well. And I mm. actually thought Anne Hathaway was semi like adorable in it. Like right? yeah. for whatever reason. 
I don't normally. I don't. Yeah, yeah I do, <laughs> Right. I don't. Thank you, Marky. I don't normally like her, but I did sort of like her vibe in this film. You know, like I liked. She was kind of adorable, yeah. and I don't know. You start, and, root, you start I, rooting for her too. Like and thank first, you, thank you, Marky. Yeah. Yes, you start rooting for her. You absolutely start rooting for her, and yeah, I guess overall, I did. I definitely did enjoy it. I definitely did enjoy it, good, good, and I good. kind of enjoyed Anne Hathaway. Not that I want to go watch like The Devil Wears Prada or whatever right now, but like, mm-hmm. or see other stuff she's in necessarily right away. But I, I did enjoy what she was. Which I thought she was. Ca- it was a good casting choice. Yeah, yeah, she did a good job, and Sudeikis was a douchebag, and I just think he's a douchebag as a human being. So, like, I just. I guess he filled the role like that he right. was supposed to fill for this. And he just, he didn't have to act that much. He would just be Jason Sudeikis, <laughs> be an asshole. And, see, and he was. See, that's the thing. I, um, like, I the first time I watched Colossal, it was after I had finished watching Ted Lasso. Okay. And where Jason Sudeikis plays, like, the nicest human being on the planet in Ted Lasso. Like, Ted Lasso is that. so... Yeah just like positive and kind and nice so like he's just uh you know the uh, the person you want to be friends with and so watching that and then seeing him fucking punch and halfway in the face at one point right i was like holy shit so i was way more surprised with what an asshole he was in this but I also I do I like Anne Hathaway. I, I think she's pretty fucking good. I you know, like uh going back to like Love and Other Drugs, that one with uh Gyllenhaal that she did. I thought she was like really good in that. I I don't know, I like Anne Hathaway, so I think I think I've got a I don't have a problem with her. She's to me, she's one of the, I haven't seen a lot of stuff she's in, granted. Mm-hmm. Um but uh to me she's uh one of those like extremely attractive Hollywood people who's very good at acting and can be placed in these roles when necessary. So I thought, yeah, I thought this was a, I mean, again, I haven't seen a lot of stuff that she's in, but Mm -hmm. with that being said, I still thought that this was kind of like a good change of pace for her. Um, Even though I can't really back that up, but um, and what's the name of her boyfriend in the movie DP? I feel like you would know his name. This he's the English guy. Oh, it, he God. was uh, he was in that Marvel show. Um, mm-hmm. It's either Stephen or Andrew. I feel like. Um, uh, let's see. Let me look him up here. I thought you might have it. I've, I've looked him up before. I, I like him a lot. Um, he's again one of those English actors that gets recycled in the UK. Mm-hmm. you know it's every other thing you turn on that's from the bbc he's in it either him or rory kinnear yeah oh, um, uh dan stevens dan stevens okay oh yes i forgot he was in that yeah yeah he's i like him a lot um i forgot he was in that yeah he's mm-hmm. in the show legion that's the one yeah. i was thinking of that's a marvel show um mm-hmm. and it's funny because to me, Dan Stevens comes from like this master class of actors. Like he, he just seems like he's been trained at like 
the top right, like tier Shakespeare and right yeah right. and he's he's doing like a side character in this almost mm-hmm. b-rated movie yeah. in a straight to stream yeah. <laughs> no. but uh all right good overall i'm glad you both like it so i i will uh, i recommend it to people i think it's a super fun movie to watch and it's it, like i said definitely different and fucking out there so but yeah all yeah. right good i'm glad you guys liked it too but uh, all right. So moving on from that, Marky, I, I yes, understand you, you. You have some trivia. I have. You got some questions some for us, and we're gonna. Uh, how are we gonna work this? Is uh, shout yeah. out the answer, or go one at well, a time, or? So I guess yeah, we haven't discussed how we want to do it. We could either keep score, or we could just uh, you know take a crack at it. Some of these are pretty easy. Some of these uh, are gonna be a little bit harder. I've got mm-hmm. 14 questions laid out. If we want to keep going, I've actually got a card game called the movie quiz where I Hey-o. shamelessly stole all these from so we can keep Attaboy. going. <laughs> um, right. Trademark. When pulling these, yeah, I think it came from like, uh, it's one of those, uh, you know, at the end of like in, uh, what's the name of that store? Marshalls. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have those up there. Oh, but yeah. like there's a long checkout line that you weave oh, yeah. in and out and there's mm-hmm. a bunch of like knickknacks all that you the pick impulse up. buy shit pretty sure that's where this came from <laughs> those fucking things work i hate it yeah they do cuz i always say i know they just have them there to make me buy it while i'm waiting in line and yet i always end up buying something <laughs> yeah that's why they, that's why they Got keep me. the hell that's why they keep the jalapeno beef jerky at trader joe's right at the register right so yeah. that i will grab five of them <laughs> yeah you're like i didn't come here for this but but since God I'm damn it, here. it worked again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me just fire some of these off. Strategy um, is sound. I'm going to yeah. start with this one here. In which movie would you encounter the character Deckard? Deckard was uh, Blade Runner. That's correct. Yes. That's correct. Three points for DP. Is that how this is working? Yeah, why not? Points, points don't matter in this game. I was going <laughs> to yeah. give five to you on the Mar- next Mark, one. he's just going to make up points as he goes. So keeping, it's funny because as, as I was going through these, I, I realized that I was starting to pick out uh, trivia questions for movies that I like and that I would have also guessed. Mm-hmm. Um, so keeping in the Blade Runner theme, I've got three. These are three trivia questions for Blade Runner. I started the one that actually Blade Runner was the answer. So in Blade Runner... Uh, the movie Blade Runner was adapted from which Philip K. Dick novel? Uh, do androids dream of electric sheep? That is correct. Five Very points nice. to AJ. <laughs> All right. And how many years after the first Blade Runner does Denis Villeneuve sequel Blade Runner 2049 take place? How many years were in between in this universe? Oh, in universe? Yes. How many years after the first Blade Runner oh does Denise sequel Blade Runner? Deckard's still alive. Deckard's still alive. Place. So that's correct. 10 years. 10 I don't years remember the first one. Was it 2039? So, because it's Blade Runner 2049. So, however many years that is after <laughs> I'd the first right. one set, I'd say 10 years. Mm-hmm. I'll, say, I'll say 24 years. The first movie took place in 2019. Wow. I was six years off. <laughs> yeah, it's 30 years apart. Yeah, six years okay. off. All right. So those are all the Blade Runner questions. All I right. was closest, so I get a dodecahedron. 
Yes. Whatever that is. Right. <laughs> I've got um I've got some uh horror movie trivia questions here. Okay, right. this is not my this is not my bag, baby, but let's go. What was the title of Stephen King's first novel, which was made into a film only two years after its publication? Cujo? Incorrect. No? Okay. So Stephen King's um, first novel. I didn't realize it was his first one. It was also made into a movie only two years after the book came out. Firestarter. Uh, incorrect. Both of those came out after the movie Carrie, which Carrie, was his yeah. first. Carrie! Uh, yeah. Carrie! Carrie! I was thinking all like those kind of late 70s, oh, early, early 80s movies. Oh, they're, 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 making a, they're making another Firestarter. Right? I was just going to say that. I just have a weird that. dream about that. No, yeah, the remake of Firestarter. Who was the uh, mm-hmm. the lead male dude, the dad in that? Uh, I just saw oh, no, but Drew, Drew Barrymore was the Firestarter. Correct, right. yeah, in the original. Oh, that was a dope yeah. movie. That's a good story. I should have. I should have gone with Carrie. I should have gone All with right. Carrie. Oh, wow. So the new one. I'll tell you. I, Zach fun fact, Efron in it. That's it. Zach fun, Efron. Yeah. Fun, fun fact. Hmm. I I read so much King when I was younger. I should yeah. have just known. Mm, I, I did didn't too. know which one was. I didn't know which one was first. When, yeah. when you think about first, yeah. the movies that he made, or the movies that made, were made after his book, uh, Carrie feels like the oldest, just from like the style of the, the actual film yeah. quality. Um, Pet mm-hmm. Cemetery would have been a good Sis- too, Sissy. Uh, yep, that is Sissy Spacek. And as Carrie, yeah. As Carrie, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's still like those eyes on her, Sissy Spacek. Oh, fucking creepy. Mm. Remember in the bedroom? She's still got those eyes. Right. Those eyes are crazy. I don't yeah. know. Soul stealing. Yeah. Don't look, yeah, in, yeah. don't look into them for too long. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Moving yeah, on. Zach, Zach Efron's going to be the, the uh, dad character in the remake yes. of Firestarter. Mm-hmm. Cool. You, you did not just dream that, AJ. I like Zach Efron. Yeah, cool. I got to say, I do too. Especially, especially what he's grown into. Yeah, he started off as like that Disney kid, but he's like turned into like a, a good, so, so good actor, like super funny mm-hmm. comic actor mm-hmm. too. Like I, I like Zach Efron. So, so it, it's 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 interesting that they're remaking this because they did some success with uh, remaking king with the uh the it yeah the it, the it remake the, the oh, new it remakes yeah, yeah. right so they did and, really well with that so and the uh, it's um, interesting it's interesting i haven't watched it but there was um i think it was a mini series a new mini series or a remake mini series of the stand that was like on amazon prime or something mm-hmm. oh yeah 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 so that's, i suppose that's they're also kind of going, super interesting going I know back to the dr- classics the the Dark Tower film they made with Matthew McConaughey and Idris, Idris Elba. They put three books to be into terrible, one movie. Which is supposed to be terrible. And I have not heard that they're pursuing, you know, moving forward with that. that That's series. because I think I'm not, I can't be certain, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if someone like Harvey Weinstein got his dirty, greasy caviar paws all over it and just told <laughs> him to cram it into one movie. Yeah. Yeah, fucked it all. Yeah, and I think, and I think it really, yeah, it really, it flopped big time. It was, it was three books that they crammed into one movie. Um, and I, I brought up Harvey Weinstein because I actually, uh, 
heard something or read something the other day that said that uh, Harvey Weinstein was adamant about making the Lord of the Rings trilogy just one movie. He wanted oh, all those crammed into one movie. <laughs> and he fought tooth and nail for it, and he got overridden on that. Thank mm-hmm. God. Yeah, thank God. Can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, even if you're not a fan of the Lord of the Rings film trilogy or the Hobbit trilogy, mm-hmm. you still, as a human, should be happy for the people that do like those. And that's a that's those are that's a lot of film and a lot of fans for that. And if right. it had been crammed into just one movie, it would have gone nowhere. There would have never been a Hobbit. There would have never been, uh, you know, continuations after uh, that. Uh, Probably would have frankly, been no more Peter Jackson. Yeah. Frankly, like the extended versions of each one of those movies are actually mm-hmm. better than the the one that came out in the theaters. Yeah. Like the more shit they add in, like the better it got. I mean, granted, you can't expect you know normal people to sit through a four hour movie at the theater, but it's wild. Yeah, if you really love the material, you watch that four hour version. It's fucking amazing. That's cool. I by and large though, like I don't think the Hobbit films were good, mm. but that one could have been a film because the Hobbit novel is not that long. Like you don't need to make three. I, I, fucking I do films. agree that they milked that one. Yeah, they milked that one big time, and they weren't good. I still liked them. I mean, I've seen. I, I wouldn't even call myself a big fan. I've seen all six of those films, man. I went to the theater, I think, for all six of them. I loved the book, The Hobbit, a lot. Like one of my favorite books of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I think that was where my disappointment lies is that they really milked it. Yeah. 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 So, all right. So, How about right. Uh, another go. horror movie trivia question? Yeah. Bingo, off. let's go. Which character is the most performed horror villain in motion picture? history dracula which oh boom 10 it? points to really? dp Woo-hoo! it's dracula yeah 10 points <laughs> wow i was thinking I more mo- i was thinking more modern like like jason from friday the 13th or right mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah no 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 it goes he goes That's back a, way right so nose for to and shit yeah yeah, yeah. way so much Very further nice. Very right, nice. how about this one which wine did Hannibal Lecter prefer with liver and fava beans? AJ, you want to take this one? Yeah, Chianti. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> the nice bottle of Chianti. <laughs> I just choked on my spit. Creep. <laughs> Very creepy. You know who does a better Hannibal Lecter impression than uh, Anthony Hopkins? Mm. Nobody. Jim, Jim Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> Silence of the lambs. <laughs> He can do. He does. That that, apparently, that thing. whole cable guy uh, scene was completely fucking improvised by Jim Carrey. Wouldn't be, and that, that's why uh, I was saying Broderick was like laughing so hard in it, and they just kept it in. It was just Jim Carrey fucking around and yeah. trying to make him laugh, and it worked. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I you ever, if you've seen you've seen the outtakes during the credits of like Liar Liar, right? He's right. Just, oh yeah. He has the ability to just like, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. fuck with the scene so much you know yeah yeah and and, and 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 you know the directors and whatever they're they're gonna like let some of that stuff go and they'll be like hope that hope that it's something fucking amazing mm-hmm. yeah just keep it 
Well, yeah. well, one of my favorite ones is from uh, Liar Liar, when uh, which I'm Florence Henderson. Like they're going back and forth, and she calls him an over actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and instead of getting like pissy about it, Jim Carrey's just like, oh, "They're on to me." <laughs> it's just a fucking perfect response to that. But yeah, and I that love was the, so I fucking lo- funny. So smart that they put it in the uh, the credits there at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah, so smart. Yeah, so smart. Yeah, speaking of uh, liar, liar, I've seen people. You got. I'm sure you guys have seen some of this Amber Heard, Johnny Depp stuff going on right oh, now. Oh God, yeah. This yep. Defamation trial. I've mm-hmm. heard people refer to Amber Heard's lawyer as Johnny or as uh, Jim Carrey and liar, liar. <laughs> like he's trying. Yeah, he's trying Fletcher, to tank. He's Fletcher trying to tank Reed. This, yeah, yeah, he's trying to tank this case on purpose. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Some of that, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys have read. seen any of those clips. That like, that guy is. Uh, I can't believe he's a real attorney. Right. <laughs> His name is like Rotten Bomb too. Like it's it's like a character name. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh goodness, I didn't know that. So. All right. All so right. these next two questions are going to be. Uh, it should be fairly easy for you guys. I mean, they've actually right. they were. Um, it was. These are in, in line with a movie topic or a, a podcast topic that we did Ooh, at right. one point. Who composed the theme for Star Wars? Oh, that's uh, John Williams. Boom. That's two points because that was John Williams that you picked, so you don't get that. Yeah. <laughs> Who composed the theme for The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly? Uh, and what was it? Enrico or Enico Morricone? Ennio Morricone. Ennio. All right. Ennio Morricone. You get half a point for getting his name wrong. (laughs) Okay. Ennio Morricone. Do I get one point for... He got it right on the first try. Being an ass kisser. (laughs) Yes, you do. Make that 10 points. (laughs) All right. This might be uh, more of a TW uh, lined question. This has to do with the Oscars. You guys still might get it here. Which was the first science fiction movie to win Best Picture at the Oscars? Uh, it wasn't too terribly long ago. Uh, maybe 2001 A Space Odyssey? Or more recent than that. It didn't win Best Picture, did it? That didn't win Best Picture. It must not have. Oh, this is Gravi- no, Gravity wasn't really science fiction, though, was it? That didn't win Best Picture either. That was just science. Yeah. <laughs> Um, hmm. Don't, 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 don't. Don't. When I say don't, I mean don't, don't, don't. Don't give it away. I was trying to pull the plug. I was trying to pull the plug. I was trying to remember the name of the director. That might help. All right. So tell me who the star of the film is. Oh, uh, I couldn't tell you. (laughs) As far as I know, is a no name person. Um, Really? Yeah, and it won Best Picture. Yes, it did. Um, Science that fiction. No idea. Okay, so I'll tell you the 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 lead actress's name. Her name mm-hmm. is Sally Hawkins. Sally Hawkins. What? Sally Hawkins? I don't remember seeing. Oh, her okay, I got it. The Shape of it? Water. That's it. Oh, the Shape of Guillermo water. del Toro. His name was at the tip of my tongue. Yeah, Shape of Water. According that to this trivia a... game, was the first science fiction Sci-fi. movie to win Best okay. Picture. I did not know that was science fiction. So I've never seen that one. 
Oh, it's definitely science fiction. Yeah, it deals with like an aqua man creature made in a lab. Or not made in a lab. It's like a, uh, he just captured in a lab. Okay. Uh, um, Isn't uh, Richard Jenkins in that? uh, Uh, Yes, he is. And Octavia Spencer. I think he won an Oscar. Nice. He should have won an Oscar for everything that he's in. He's so good. He's awesome. Or he was at least nominated. I don't know if he won, but he should have won. Because even though I didn't see the film, He's awesome. I, I, I saw it. Rick, Richard Jenkins. On I the fucking love him. Yeah. It was it was a good movie. Um, Guillermo del Toro is kind of hit or miss for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, agreed. 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 Pants Labyrinth. It's so good. But so then there's good. been there's been some other ones. Um, Hellboy is awesome. Yeah. I forget what movie it was that he that, like had a bunch of hype behind it. I think it was after Pants Labyrinth. Pacific Rim? That was him? Yeah, wasn't Guillermo del Toro Pacific Rim? I I think he was, yeah. Was he really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Pacific Rim. That seems like an odd type of movie for him. In any case. Am I I wrong? Am I wrong about this? Uh, Daddy will look it up right now. Uh, Yeah, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Wow, I didn't know that. Elba, Charlie Hunnam, Charlie Day. Diego yeah. Right. But yeah, directed by Guillermo del Toro. That I never finished that. I started that movie. I never finished it. That was but um, it was pretty it was fun. I just fell asleep. Yeah, it was it was decent. It was it was like a really big production. Um yeah. I feel like the concept was uh it was a better concept than it was executed, right. maybe. The concept right. the concept sounds fun, right? Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Um, let's see. This one might be a little too easy for you guys. What kind of insect provided the DNA for the dinosaurs in 1993's Jurassic Park? That would be a mosquito. That's correct. Yes. Three points. Three points. Um, in the James scoring. (laughs) In the James. Oh, there's a. Speaking of Jurassic Park, you know, there, there's that new one coming out that's got um, Dr. Grant in it again. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, he's coming back. Um, yeah, and... Um, What's uh, that called? The new one, Jurassic Park 5, 6, or... Um, yeah. Jurassic Universe. <laughs> yeah, and it, it also has... Um, damn, I'm... I've, Isn't the idea that the, the, the dinosaurs are back all over the Earth or whatever... You know, I haven't seen a world dominion is what it's called. Yeah, world dominion, right? So they're all over the place now. Or yeah, so it's got Chris Pat and Bryce Dallas Howard in it again, who were in the previous two Jurassic Park movies, but then uh, Sam Neill and yeah. Laura Dern is yeah. back in it, and, and Jeff Goldblum, and of course Goldblum's is it Laura Dern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Laura Dern is in the first one. Remember? Yeah. Oh yes, came, yes, 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 yes. I think she came back in the uh, third one with Sam Neill. Jeff Goldblum okay. was in the is Jeff Goldblum was in one and two, um, and then I guess Chris Pratt was in four and five. So this would be number six, I think. I believe so. Okay. Yeah. All right. In the James right. Bond movies, what does the character Q's initial stand for? The character Q. What does his initial stand for? Quartermaster. That's right, DP. Is it really? Yes. Yeah, six points. Hey, being in the military pays off. Yeah. How do you get six? <laughs> how do you determine six points for that? 
you know? Just does. <laughs> hey, whose game is this? <laughs> when you ask questions, you choose the points. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I thought this one was just fun because it, it, it made me start reminiscing about this movie a little bit. And okay. just thinking about how fun it was when it first came out. Um, this movie came out when I was in high school, maybe early college. And uh, I mean, it was just that type of movie that, you know, you, you watched back to back to back and the lines just never got old. Mm. What was the full name on Fogel's fake ID in the movie? Super bad. AJ. Make 11. That's right. His full name on his ID yeah. just said, just said, just McLovin. McLovin. There's no first name. <laughs> There's no first it's name. just McLovin. It's <laughs> 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 <Amazing> ID. <laughs> I heard they recently I put more pops in it. You know, I, I I love that. Like when he shows them the ID, and like Jonah Hill's character freaks the fuck out that he's just got the one name. Yeah, yeah. McLovin. Like yeah, what the fuck? What the fuck, Fogel? I am McLovin, and he's he's like the smallest movie. and like wimpiest out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Behind uh, uh, Sarah, yeah. Michael Sarah, but yeah, that you know Jonah Hill, he auditioned for that role because it was uh, Seth MacFarlane and um, I forget uh, it's Seth MacFarlane's buddy that, that he usually pairs up with like these when he's writing these movies, mm-hmm. um, and Jonah Hill was buddies with them, but at the time Jonah Hill was like in his like late twenties maybe, and was and like had could grow a full beard and like had to shave like every day. And he auditioned for this role. He's like, I want it. And they're like, you're too old. And he got it. He auditioned for it in front of his friends. Think about, think about the cast in that though. Like with, with Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, but like Bill Hader. Seth Seth Rogen, the cops, Yeah, you know, like fucking great. And Bill Hader's doing some crazy cool shit with Barry on HBO. Oh like, yeah, the new season mm-hmm. just came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, those those guys are fucking hilarious. Like that whole, Emma Stone's that, in it too. Emma oh, Stone, yeah, yeah Oscar yeah. winner Emma Stone. So mm-hmm. they have that side mission with with uh, McLovin and the cops. And they become buddies, like, and then McLovin's getting laid at the party, and they yeah. fucking break it up, and then they get all, you know, they're all, you know, they have to apologize. I, I might watch that tonight. Actually, they no. cock block, they cock blocked them, you know. And um, what's, that's, that's a hilarious movie. Hilarious. Yeah, movie. Is, what's his What's his name for Brooklyn Nine Nine? Is that that fucking creepy? Yeah, Latruglio or yeah, 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 whatever. He gets him. He gets him to that weird. He gets him to that weird party where where uh, Joan Hill's character like uh, puts the beer (laughs) in the period uh, blood on his leg. Yeah, and he and he he puts the he pours the alcohol into the like the detergent fucking bottles. (laughs) And Kevin Corgan, he's like the the guy Mm. that was in uh, Goodfellas. He's the younger brother in the wheelchair in Goodfellas. He's always played like this like rough like. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like inner city gangster, and yeah, he's yeah. at that party doing like the, yeah, he's and the shit. crazy boyfriend that wants to fight him. <laughs> yeah, and then um, ah, Dave, you got you got a uh, a glimpse of Dave Franco in that movie mm-hmm. too. He he was on the yes. soccer field. Yeah. Yes, uh, young Dave Franco. Yeah, 
Yeah, that that movie's got that movie's got so much going for it. Like that's such a cool film. Yeah, the, the lines <laughs> so in fucking that too. hilarious. They got a, those guys have a real talent of lighting writing some just timeless lines that you know last forever. But mm-hmm. yeah, good masterpiece. Stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Good All stuff. right, I've got I've got two more questions picked out. Um, All right, I've hit them. Let's see here. Not necessarily the uh, cream of the crop here. What do we got here? Which British actor took over the role of Scotty in the revamped Star Trek movies? Jesus, I don't know. Scotty, that was Simon Pegg, right? That, that is correct. Yes. You only get one point for being a nerd. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> All right, last question. It's an All interesting. Right. Yeah, it's, I, I like. Um, I love like those the, Star Trek. It's movies. an interesting prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> I like the first uh, Star Trek remake. Um, mm-hmm. Eric Bana as the bad guy was perfect. Yeah. Um, the second one with Cumberbatch was. I liked bad. it, but there yeah. were some parts of it that were like, eh. And then the third one I thought was actually really good. Yeah. The one where they're on that like weird planet and the. I think I like Aliens. that one least of, of yeah. the three. Um, you know, I'm sure you know this DP, but the first one also, uh, I don't know if he had really been in anything else, but Chris Hemsworth had like two minutes of screen time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He was like the original captain that got killed. Yeah. He was yeah. the first Captain Kirk. He was, yeah. Mm-hmm. James T. Kirk's dad that gets sacrifices himself yes. in the beginning that's of the right. movie. Wow. All right, last question. All right, here we go. When Michael Madsen is interrogating the police officer in Reservoir Dogs, what song is being played? Fantastic song. AJ? Every time I get, every time I hear it, I start dancing around the room. And I just want to pull it stuck in the middle. Yeah. Yep. You know, you know the name of the band with you. That is Steeler's Wheel. That is correct. It's stuck in the middle. Yeah. Fucking 100 classic. points to both of you, but I think DP has got him overall. Yeah. Um, yeah. Badass song. Yeah, that's one of those ones there. It, there were certain t- like songs that uh, got like hugely popular due to a movie. Mm-hmm. And, and like that's one of them. Um, what was it? Uh, Tiny Dancer by Elton John. All of a sudden got fucking huge when... Uh, Almost famous. Uh, almost famous came out. Yeah. So yeah, that, that randomly happens with with, with songs. Uh, like I'll that, tell you, but... Tarantino. Tarantino knows how to use like that particular type of thing. The music mm-hmm. that's diet is it diegetic when like the the actual characters can hear the music. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so he does. He turns the radio he, up on that one. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 And so it, it's so right when so when they you know walk in or out of like the building or whatever like the warehouse there oh and the music is wonderful. going on and off and like yeah it's it's terrific so it's so and they good. do such a nice job with that Pulp Fiction does a great job with that mm-hmm. uh, during the scene when um, you know like um, um, Vincent shows up. Uh, to pick up Mia Wallace and the music's going like yeah like girl you'll be a woman soon soon right oh yeah that was awesome yeah all of that like he does such a nice job with that 
and it and it's like the perfect song choice almost every perfect time, right? yeah mm-hmm. so i love that i love love that it's such, such a nice touch and then in uh jackie brown so stylish it's the delphonics mm. and they even mentioned the band yes he's, he's yes like, in the car i didn't know you were f- i didn't know you were right, a fan of the delphonics yeah right and they're listening to it in the car you know right. they, like they're playing it in the car and they're listening to it like so and in that movie, yeah, it's so, even, it feels even more powerful because it's Jackie introduces that song to uh, Max in the beginning of the movie. And then Max is listening to it at the end of the movie when he's taking Samuel L. Jackson's character to his death uh, to meet Jackie where uh, Michael Keaton shoots him. So right. What's the scene early on in the film, right? Like where they where um, Samuel L. Jackson's. Oh. He brings it was it was it chris rock plays like this minor character was it chris rock yeah yeah and he brings him like basically chris Chris tucker Tucker, chris chris tucker yeah he brings him like to like this like rando like abandoned parking lot to kill him Mm -hmm. but there's music playing in the car and like you know samuel jackson gets out of the car like shuts the door like the music like sort of like Mutes a bit it's when the door closes. Mutes a bit and, when the yeah. door closes. Does the whole thing, and then he shoots him. Just the trunk and like the whole thing, right? Like, yeah, because he had him in the trunk and he explained to him why he needed to be in the trunk and blah blah blah. But it was just so he could fucking pull over into that parking lot, and yeah. open the trunk, and fucking shoot him. Come on, man! But, I just got home. But the I'm music, high. the song, and the music like is so important to that scene and how it functions. Yeah, you know, and I think Tarantino knew understood that, and it's like part of his style. Oh, it's I love 100%. it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, so I wish cool. We, I wish so we would finish that um that Tarantino uh deep. Yeah, what did we What did we have left? What did we have left? Uh, we uh, got one, through the first working two chunks, backwards, right? Right. So we have working backwards. We have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, hateful eight hateful eight and um what's shit. the one right before it did we talk about django we, was django the one right before django? Was, there's three i think yeah i don't think we so got would have been, so it would have been django glorious bastards mm-hmm. right yeah so it would have been django yeah yeah, yeah i would have loved to do that too because once upon does that too and it does like yeah, sure. Quentin go like has his style, and he has certain things he definitely does in a lot of his films. But he's a fucking legend, man. Yeah, and we we should complete that retrospective at some point. Yeah, and, and Django <laughs> and and Hateful Eight, he doesn't do that uh, diagenic type of thing because those movies take place in a right it would, period it pieces. Been, it would have been live music, right? So it's not. And um, in my opinion. I feel like he went. I guess you could compare Hateful Eight a little bit more to Reservoir Dogs, but uh, Django, as kind of comic booky as it was, I guess maybe you could compare it to Kill Bill. But I, I felt like a little hmm. bit, a little bit. But I feel like he, you know, he's. I don't feel like he is kind of like a one-trick pony. Like I feel like he does. No, he does do different enough different things and keeps it interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we need to finish that retrospective. Yeah. Because Django, I fucking love Django, man. I, I wa- need to finish watching, too. I Django's never finished fucking- Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 
fucking no. awesome too. But yeah, Django is fucking badass. I watched Hateful Eight actually recently. Man, is that movie violent? <clears throat> yeah, they a, had a um. Is that still on Netflix? I don't know, but I was I, just gonna say for good question. For a period of time, they had like an extended cut on Netflix that was like four mm-hmm. hours, and they had it broken up into one-hour chunks. Yeah, oh, like like smart. a series almost. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's still on there, and I have not watched the extended it cut. It is, yes. I the, watched uh, the original, like theatrical cut, and I think Hateful Eight is fucking badass. Yeah, yeah. So it is still on there, and the nice. extended cut's still on there. And like, like the opening part when they, like, not the opening opening part, but when they arrive at the, uh, you know, at the not the inn, but like the whatever they call that place, the um. Something in Dave's. Even, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. That that sort of like Lillian Dave's or something rest, like that. Rest stop almost, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That place, like when they arrive there, like that's when the movie almost starts to me. Like that's so fucking cool. But anyway, I don't want to. You know what? Yeah, I think we should because uh, there's a fun fact about that scene, that movie. But we'll we'll save it for. Let me get into it, but there's million, million million we should babies. do that. Yeah, we should do that because we've never talked about one spot in time in Hollywood. And that, op- that talking about the the true opening shot of um, uh, Hateful Eight, it's that's like a like a two or three minute long sh- uh, shot in the the beginning of that movie, and it, like it, a tracking it, shot, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and it harks back to those old timey western movies where they just fucking had somebody riding a wagon out in the middle of nowhere and they just filmed them and they rolled credits for like three minutes. Yeah. And that's what I appreciate about Tarantino is that he, he loves that. He respects mm-hmm. like cinema and mm-hmm. he wants to pay homage to it in some ways in his films. And, and that's fucking awesome. Yeah. I love that shit. And, and he pulls no punches with, with a lot of like, uh, I guess his scenes like that he, he shoots he, he, and the violence. Yeah, he's he's he seems to be uh, he gets a pass on some of the stuff that he does. I mean, even though it's a period piece mm-hmm. like Django, the stuff like the amount of m bombs that were dropped in Django, like right. I remember there being I remember there being a little it. bit. Yeah, I remember there being a little bit of uh, kickback when that movie came out, but not yeah. really. Like people were still just like, I mean, that's how people talked back then, and it's Tarantino, so I mean, right. he gets a pass. Yeah, and he actually he uses the word in Pulp Fiction himself in his oh, cameo. Right. right, right, right. Like, what word is that, Andy? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't try and get me canceled. Don't try and get me canceled. I'm a vice president of my bank. Uh, Hot shot. Banker. So, yeah, we got we we definitely gotta we gotta end that retrospective. I think it's I think it's important. Mm. Yeah, it's important for us as 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 a movie council, right? Yeah, you no, know? because Tarantino is uh you know he's uh he's a legend. And also, I can just like feel myself wanting to talk about those three movies that we didn't like. I've got so much to say about. Yeah, those. I just want to keep going but we've already gone long tonight we don't need to 
dive into three and, Tarantino movies. Right. right. And, 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 and TW needs to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well. Yeah, I got to finish. I started it and then it's a long ass movie. So I ended up falling asleep. Yeah. It's but, really long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely long. It's got your boy Timothy Oliphant in it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Worth it. Totally worth it. Margaret Robbie's in it. Obviously, Leo's badass in it. Brad Pitt won an Oscar for it. So mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah, he's awesome in it. Brad Pitt just proves that. Yeah, those two, those two dudes. So, absolutely. So, all right, boys. Uh, well, what, what do you say? You wanna you wanna wrap this up for the night? We, I, I, I had a good time. This was fun. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, no topic shooting the breeze. This was a good time. Uh, <laughs> and, and I gotta say, we gotta bring back some of these. Uh, Mark, your 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 trivia cards. You gotta bring back. AJ, the the bad review game is fucking awesome. That that is definitely coming back. Yeah, that's hilarious. I, I really enjoy that one. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll bring those back. That was fun. But uh, you guys got anything before we before we sign off? No, nah, man. Just drop them socials. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, hit us up on social media. You can follow us. We are at Movie Council Pod, and you can email us. It's Movie Council Pod at Gmail. And uh, give us a rating and a review wherever you're listening. It definitely it helps the show a lot. Just, you know, click five stars. Uh, just write two words like, hey, good. Or I don't know. <laughs> That's one word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, write, write, write a quick review. Give us uh, the five stars. It's, it helps us out. And we all super appreciate it. So, uh, so yeah, do that for us. And uh, we'll, we'll keep bringing you a show every week. I, I had a good time. So... Uh, so for myself and for, for Marky and for AJ, we also thank you for listening. And uh, we, we will talk to you again next week. Good night. Good night. Good night. Don't try and get me canceled. The Movie Council is adjourned.